What's going on, Fantasy Alarm family? My name is Justin Fensterman, along with Ryan Hallam and Matt Sells. It is the Family Times podcast here on FantasyAlarm.com. And after an interesting Thursday night football game between the Rams and the Seahawks, guys, we're getting ready for week five. Very pivotal because at this point, you don't want to go 0-5. It's not over if you do, but this is crunch time. This is gut check time, and the family is here to help each other win. A family that elevates together wins together. What's going on, Hallam? Not too much, man. Yeah, geez, the other day I was like, holy God, it's week five already. Where did, I don't even know how we got here so fast. Like The season always you know, speeds by, but I feel like it's like hyperdrive this year. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of a weird feeling. I was talking to my wife about this the other day, that September felt like it took forever when you actually thought day-to-day, but, like, the weeks blew by. Like, the actual days in the week ran out of time to do everything every day. But, like, the month felt like it took forever. So it's it's kind of – I'm kind of in that boat with you that it feels like the season is flying by on the weekends, but, the, like, another version of time is slowing down. It's very weird. It's yes. very weird. And speaking of weird, guys, let's do everybody a favor and remind everyone. I want everybody that's listening to this that is not driving, unless you have a mounted phone, but even if you do, wait till you're at a red light, pull over to the side. I want everyone listening to this to go and set an alarm on their cellular telephone or a clock if you still have a flip phone and don't have an alarm. We have a London game. And it starts really, really early on Sundays. So what you can do where you don't want to necessarily wake up early on Sunday, you want to go out and party, although we're all going to be watching Jets Falcons. I mean, that's can't miss. So with that, make sure you set a reminder Friday or Saturday evening, rather, before you go out, before you have that first beverage and set your lineups. Just do it. You don't want to get caught up. You never know what happens. We've seen players get hurt in pregame warmups. So because of that, for the next few weeks, we're setting alarms on Saturday night. I'll admit, I got caught up one year, many years ago, or a few years ago. I did with one team, and I even set my darn lineups. But guys, people forget, because if they don't forget, and they leave players and they get those zeros, London bridges are certainly falling down. Well, are we sure there's going to be any scoring in the London game? I mean, Calvin Ridley's out. Russell Gage is out. There's no running game for the Falcons. It's Kyle Pitts against the Cordell Patterson, baby. You're You're forgetting about the sizzle factor player in the NFL right now. Cordero Patterson. Come on, man. Dude, you can't argue with what's going on. He's the entire offense. I mean, I, okay, I agree. Okay, but the Jets' defense is actually pretty decent. So, he, here's my question about Patterson, it, guys. Here's my not. question. Okay, without going too deep into the woods with this one, Patterson. I mean, he's been very productive. But it's funny because when you're looking at how often he's on the field, you're seeing percentages in the 30s, with I believe one week eclipsing 40. So when it comes to that, it makes me convinced that every time he's on the field, they're looking to go for him, like 80, 85% of the time. So if I'm the Jets at this point, you're thinking, this guy's on the field, they're going for him. 
put the extra guy on him, especially no Calvin Ridley. So that's what I'm wondering if teams are going to start realizing that because he's not on the field that much, but he's still getting the utilization. That's a direct correlation, Sells. Yeah, wasn't that the argument for Rondell Moore a couple of weeks ago that he put up like seven targets, but he only played 30% of the snaps or something, right? I mean, yeah, it's one of those things where like we'll go to we'll go to Ryan's Niners. Now, yes, Garoppolo missed the second half last week, right? But in the first few weeks of the season, Trey Lance would come in and what would they do? They'd just run it. And at some point, you just had to assume, okay, he's in the game. He's not going to pass it. He's just going to run it, right? There's plenty of those two quarterback things where the guy comes in and all he's going to do is run. So the defense figures it out and they stack the box and stop the those plays. Yeah, Cordero Patterson is a is a flashy guy now. It only took him a decade in the league to figure out how to use his skills. Uh, but you also got to take into account that Calvin Ridley's been getting targeted quite a lot in the time that Cordero Patterson has started to show up. So without Calvin Ridley, what do they have? They've got a rookie tight end that, you know, the Jets are knowingly going to stop. So... Again, I don't, I, I just don't see where Atlanta's offense comes from. I, I think you're overselling the Jets' defense by a mile. Like they're that good that they can just take somebody away. I mean, they're better than I thought they were going to be, but I don't think they're they're not the 85 Bears where you get them on the schedule and you're benching guys. I just, it's just Patterson is is the entire offense. He's been targeted 20 times in the last three weeks. He gets six or seven carries. I mean, he's got to move the ball. I, I'm starting him where I was able to pick him up. I, I think until something happens where he's, you know, comes back to life and remembers who he is because uh, he's not this good. I, I think you got to play. I mean, the volume is just ridiculous. It, it's it's something you can't ignore right now. And, and uh, I don't know. I don't know that the Jets are just taking people away. <laughs> I don't think they're that good. I mean, I know we're running out of time for this, but because again, his trade value was going to be on the line again for reevaluation come Sunday. So I'm trying to tell everyone to trade him at his highest oh, value right now. Seriously, you have him, you you extra receiver, extra running back. I know that you can never have enough running backs, but again, we we're talking about how often he's on the field. It's thus far, it's not that much. And so with that, I mean, and I said this to Adam Ronis on Alarm After Hours on Sirius XM, and he kind of gave me the whole, like, shut down in one word answer, as he tends to do, where it's just like, no. And it's like, okay, well, maybe it could happen. I mean, even someone like an Allen Robinson right now, throw Patterson out there for Robinson. See what happens, especially in a Yahoo league where he qualifies at both positions. I'm not saying that that's going to get the job done, but it's not getting better when it comes to evaluation of Cordero Patterson. Right now, that might get it done. I don't know. I mean, people with Robinson have got to be, uh, you know, if you're playing in a real savvy league, it's not going to get it done. Like Ryan Robert Woods before last night when he had a zillion receptions. I mean, before last night, you could have probably executed that trade. I, I would not have been surprised if people went for that. I, I agree it would have been terrible. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I've, you see crazy things happen. You never know. People get frustrated. And, you know, something we talked about in live streams last, last year, fencing, like, do it Monday. Like people emotions are at their highest. Like when someone's pissed about some guy just costs their lineup, you don't know. Cause I mean, you have Patterson who scored three times last week and Ro- Allen Robinson's got like four catches all year. 
You get them off the minute where they're pissed, he cost them a win, you, you never know. Yeah, that's why, again, Monday, you're right, Ryan. Monday is that day where you want to be making the trade because Walt be like, oh, I have another day. The week's technically not over. Well, no, it it is over. You're on to your next week, and then you start trading before people start to get some sense into their brains again, thinking, well, maybe there's more opportunity on the waiver wire. So make sure you take advantage of that and strike first, strike hard. No mercy, as they say in Cobra Kai. Now, Sells, you're kind of like the Schwab of Fantasy Alarm. How cool and how much were you jonesing when you saw that punt, the punter literally Dixon have the presence of mind when getting his punt blocked to go chase it down, cuff the ball with one hand, and then to think about it and then kick it away for a second time. You, your sports nerdiness must have been going bonkers. Yeah, so it's also coupled with the fact that I actually like rugby. Like I watch rugby with regularity. I didn't um, know that. Yeah, didn't my my dad and brother and sister all played. My aunt plays rugby. I almost I played no rugby idea in college. About this. Um, so to watch a rugby style punter to begin with, which Michael Dixon is, have the presence of mind to go back to his rugby days and scoop it and do a forward kick, essentially, uh, and then blow the refs' minds because they literally had <laughs> no idea what to do about it. There was. There's Mike no Pereira had no idea what to right. do. There's He's no literally rule. sitting there it's... like a sitting duck on the broadcast. Right. Well, it's never happened, right? Like, we've, we've never seen – because either you block it and you scoop it, and the defense is now running towards the end zone with it, or you block it and the punter picks it up and either tries to flail it like as a forward pass or whatever that never works. We've never seen a punter have the presence of mind to scoop it and – Rekick it. And by the way, if there's one person I'd be listening to about how excited they are, I'm sure Pat McAfee is going nuts right now because of this, because of the, you know, repping the brand and whatever. But he'll, he'll be was, like, oh, play of the century. Yeah, that was fantastic to uh, watch rugby kind of come back into fruition in the NFL because, you know, football came from rugby, basically. Yep. It's a it's a version of rugby. Yep. I'll say this, though. How good was it, guys? Were you excited to see Geno Smith? Did you stop and think for a second? Can you believe Geno Smith has had an NFL career and has been employed by the NFL to actually play quarterback since 2013? That was his first touchdown since 2017, I think I saw. Right. And he literally has been riding as a backup for about, of what, his eight years, six of his eight years. And he's still in the league. And then, you know, he comes in, he went, went 10 for 17, buck 31. That pick, you know, Lockett messed that up a bit. So you can't really fully blame it on him through a touchdown. So, I mean, at this point, Russell Wilson, who looked like he's dislocated his finger immediately when you saw it, that looks like he at this point could be out. He's going for an MRI. So we'll see about that. So big time blow right there to the Seattle Seahawks. But guys, I want to go back to the 49ers for a second. Ryan, regarding what's going on with Garoppolo versus Lance as we await who's going to be starting, does the offense significantly change in your mind with who's starting? Like how do things change and how would it impact us from a fantasy perspective, Garoppolo versus Trey Lance starting? Well, yeah, I think it has to be different. I mean, it's, it's different skill sets, but I don't think it's going to be so drastically different that I'm 
benching guys. Uh, you know, I, I think I was, I thought after week three that Brandon Ayuk was starting to be a thing again. And then last week he was not again. So I am, I'm off that train for a while. So, I mean, outside of Debo and Kittle, I mean, there's really nobody else anyway. Uh, and I'm not sitting either one of those guys uh, against Arizona. Uh, this who's going to start. It's, it's, it's going to be Lance. I don't know why. <laughs> I think it's Shanahan just messing with everyone again because like, right away they were like, Garoppolo's out a few weeks. Now all of a sudden he's like, oh, he might play, but he's not practicing at all. Like, I can't see any way he's going to play this week or next week or maybe the following. I know their bye is coming up too, uh, but I think it's definitely going to be Lance. Uh, I There was one league I have him in. Uh, is that I, I think I have Herbert, so I don't think I'm going to start him, but uh, – I'm excited to see, but I don't think it's going to be such a ridiculous difference that, you know, it has to change the way we use their players for fantasy football. Yeah. I mean, who's more frustrating at this point, Alan Robinson or Brandon Ayuk? Oh, I would say Brandon Ayuk is more frustrating because, look, here's the thing with Brandon Ayuk. The thing, I mean, we had stories about him going back to the preseason that were very inconsistent and then that whole week one crap where he was not even he wasn't even in he was a ghost pretty much and then you got the dueling reports of they're trying to send a message to him they're not happy oh wait but then shanahan says it's his hamstring so i think because of all the convoluted news we've seen with ayuk Allen robinson i feel like at least we know okay look they're trying to figure things out with their quarterback situation. They've got a rookie quarterback. They were unwilling to fully commit. Now they're committing. So I think overall, when you look at both stories, maybe you guys disagree. I think the Brandon Ayuk is definitely more mind-blowing than Allen Robinson. I agree. I mean, I think it's just because he's not getting the opportunity. Like, he's barely even on the field. So that, to me, is more frustrating. Uh, you know, Robinson is dealing with just an absolutely terrible offense at the moment. Uh, so I think that at some point that will get itself together. I, if, they, if they're not letting Ayuk on the field or, or targeting him, there's, there's no fixing what's going on. For me, I'm going to take the other side because of where you had to draft Allen Robinson this year and the fact that Allen Robinson's never had a good quarterback throwing on the ball, but he keeps putting up wide receiver one numbers, right? Last year, the offense was heinous. Uh, they couldn't figure out how to run the ball. They couldn't really figure out how to pass the ball, hence the reason they drafted Justin Fields. Then they come out, and yes, they were you know, swapping quarterbacks all over the place, Andy Dalton for a week, Justin Fields when Andy Dalton got injured. But, you know, if Andy Dalton's healthy, he's the starter until he's not, and then you know, whatever. But Allen Robinson has never had a good quarterback in his entire career going all the way back to Jacksonville, and he still keeps putting up great numbers. So... This year, you're just expecting the same, right? The the, I mean, there's never been any doubt that he can put up numbers, and now it seems like Matt Nagy is killing, <laughs> killing that rule too. Well, this so, offense isn't putting up points. That's the thing. This offense isn't putting up points, and that you know that's also the other problem. It's you know I know we're starting to see. We saw Darnell Mooney. I get that, but here's the thing: when you're looking at this offense. Their run game right now, they're ha they have to kind of refigure that out between Herbert and Damian Williams with Montgomery out. So they're trying to figure that out. Be beyond that, what they have, Mooney and Robinson, and that's it. I feel like that, especially in this game coming up, and by the way, we have we do a little underdog game on Alarm After Hours, and 
I actually took the Bears plus five and a half, especially because the Raiders defense, I don't think they're that good. And I think if there's any spot that Justin Fields can start to rally, especially in the air, it's against the Raiders. So I'm feeling sells in this game. This could be a very good opportunity for Allen Robinson. He's just, if he's, they're not scoring points, he's not getting the targets. It should have been, by the way, in week two, a bigger game. I believe it was Fields had him in the end zone and the ball went right through his hands at one point. Yeah, he did. He did drop um, at least one touchdown. Um, so there is that, but it's just, I can deal with a guy who's not getting looks and you just sit him until he's consistency consistently getting on the field, which I get for Ayuk is probably not going to happen, but you weren't drafting him as a wide receiver one this year. You're drafting Allen Robinson as a wide receiver one, and he's not putting up those points. He was a high two though. I mean, he was the fifth round, sixth round pick. Yeah. 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 Let me tell you something. I saw freaking Brandon Ayuk. I saw him catch passes. I saw him run. I, I, I don't know what exactly changed from last year to this year, but this guy last year showed that he was, and I hate using this word. I know it describes a few players, but I'm going to say it, gadgety. He kind of showed that he could be used in multiple areas, and I don't know what transpired and changed this year. I get it with the way they do crap with their run game. But the fact that this guy all of a sudden has regressed this much, it's either that or this guy's hamstring is hurt and he has to go get another MRI or something. It's really impossible to tell with San Francisco, right? It seems like their entire organization likes nothing more than trolling everybody. And and he's, he's made it very clear that he doesn't care about fantasy football. He's made that abundantly clear in and multiple that's fine, press conferences. And that's fine when we have to deal with their stupid musical chairs run game, but at least we can rely on their receivers. It's not like they have a ton anyway. It's, you know, we have to rely on their receivers. Right, I mean, they have Debo, they have George Kittle, who has been a little bit banged up, not hitting the end zone. And I look, they really don't have anybody else beyond that, and I just don't understand what it's going to take to get this freaking guy more involved. Don't be bad bad mouth and Trent Shurfield now, Fancy. He has feelings, too. (laughs) No, I agree. I agree. I I love Kyle Shanahan as a fan of the team. He is maddening as a fantasy football player. Right. Wait, very quickly, guys. Right now, I mean, how are you feeling? You think you could buy low on Kittle or because tight end is so light that if you know you have any of the, I guess, top four that you drafted, you know that you made a season-long investment in them. So do you think that people would be less willing to give up on someone like a George Kittle at this point? No, I think Kittle's value actually increases because what's a rookie quarterback's best friend? A tight end. A guy, a big target over the middle running shorter routes. That's a rookie target's or rookie QB's best friend because they don't have to, you know, they're the bailout option, so to speak. So I think Kittle's value actually goes up with Trey Lance there. I, I, I kind of agree that tight end is tough. So, you know, to, for someone to trade away one of those top, top guys. Um, I, I mean, I do have someone on Twitter right now trying to ask me if they should trade away Darren Waller because they have Dawson Knox and they think maybe they can ride in for the rest of the season. Ooh, so No. There's, well, I there's, mean, there's all kinds of people out there. So, again, it does never hurts to try, but I, I think tight end is, is a position. And if you've got one of those top guys, you're holding on to them. 
I mean, Dawson Knox has been good, but unless you're getting like an absolute blowout package for Darren Waller, you're not trading Darren Waller. No, that's the uh, that's the that's the uh, message I'm trying to get across. <laughs> <laughs> like you've got to you've got to get an offer you absolutely cannot refuse that gives you like two starters, like bona fide starters to trade Darren Waller. And one of them can't be a quarterback because quarterbacks are useless to trade for in fantasy. And don't trade for Miles Sanders right now because we have no clue what's going on. With <laughs> Nick this Sirianni time. doesn't even know where the stadium is at this you're point. Better, you're better off trading for Kenneth Gainwell at this point, seriously. So it's just – it's honestly, I think of some of these players that are just not coming through that we're talking about from a production standpoint. But definitely feel good after a strong Robert Woods night. It was only a matter of time. Robert Woods last night, by the way, he was open all night. Sells could have caught at least eight passes in that game. If he was that open, hey man, I've got pretty good hands. I pretty good hands. I said you catch eight passes there. I'm so like the size of Tyler Lockett, but I got pretty good <laughs> hands. <laughs> Ooh, Tyler Lockett getting some of that fantasy love taken away from him. Yeah, All right. By the way, he's never dropped a red zone target in his entire career. You know what? I mean, look, Tyler Lockett. Sometimes when I think about him, it's like Mister Boomer Bust. Doing well in the production, and then just fades away when you need him, unfortunately, sells. Do you disagree yeah. with that? I disagree. I think he's more solid than – which guy would you rather have right now in that offense, Tyler Lockett or DK Metcalf? I'm probably going DK Metcalf there. You're asking me after the guy scored two touchdowns the night Okay, before. but that's his first good yeah. game in five games. That's a tough one, actually. I'm still going to probably go Metcalf. I think he's a little bit more skilled, athletic, even if he's he's bigger, sure. But like, and he's he's got that sweet hair too that we saw last night. Okay, but to me, like the Metcalf Lockett comparison is like the Evans Godwin comparison in in Tampa. I mean, he's got almost 400 yards and five touchdowns in in five games, so he's he's having a pretty good season. Yeah, that sucks. Sells. I mean, yeah, he is, but the same thing can be said every year about Mike Evans. Look at his numbers. He's got 1,000 yards and 10 touchdowns. Okay, but he did them in eight games, right? Like, he wasn't great for the first two, three. Like, how many trade questions did we get about DK Metcalf the first three weeks of the season? Everybody wanted to bail on DK. A third game, he had six for 107 and a touchdown. (laughs) Just saying. (laughs) I think... I think I'd probably go lock it. Okay. Interesting. Oh, let's well, see. That's why we talk about it. That's why we talk about it on Facebook. I'm not saying DK's bad. Look, I had DK last year. I have Lockett this year. Clearly, I like both of them. I'm just saying that given the chance, I'd probably take Lockett more often than than DK. And it's like 55% of the time. So it's, but do you, it's but do you like do you like them both with Geno Smith potentially throwing them the ball? No. I don't like anybody with Geno Smith. The last time I liked Geno Smith was when he put up 70 points at West Virginia against a bad Clemson defense. <laughs> Geno Smith. Amazing. Or if you're going to Geno's in Philly for a cheesesteak. <laughs> yeah, don't go to – it's too touristy. Go to Jim's on South Street. Yeah. That's the – 
best. Geno's and Pats are tourist attractions. Yeah, go to Jim's on South Street. It's the best. Do not go to Ishka Bibbles. They steam their cheesesteaks. Get a real cheesesteak experience. <laughs> this isn't a diet, okay, when you're going to get cheesesteaks. Let's bring stuff to the family table. Ridiculous. Ishka Bibbles right across the street from Jim's on South Street. Just unbelievable. Ryan Hallam. Ryan, it looks like I know we're, we're on video with each other. Looks like you're, you're wearing a new hat. Looks very nice on you, man. New fantasy oh, yeah. alarm hat. That's what happens when you kiss the boss's ass. They send you cool stuff. <laughs> what are you uh, bringing to the family table? Uh, you know, mine's always kind of weird, but I was just thinking about this uh, recently and, and just, but then just thank everyone who's watching, listening, everything we do. Obviously, without everyone out there, we're just three guys talking to each other or, you know, on videos uh, online or whatever. So, Big shout out to all the family out there who sticks with us and, and you know, hangs on the, our words and our videos and everything else. Uh, nothing but love for all of you. We appreciate you very much. Yes. And thus far, I mean, guys, we could talk about this. We have had a lot of big winners over the last couple of weeks here on Fantasy Alarm and DFS Alarm. And it, it's just it's really great. We love it when you guys win. It's amazing. Of course, we all want to win the most amount of money. Absolutely. But it's we're about helping you guys here. That's really what it's all about. When you win, we win. We say it all the time. And I know Howard Bender has said that a few times lately. So I couldn't agree more. And it's it's awesome when I'm every couple of days now I'm waking up that one of you made an impact. And now it all has been worth it when you ride with the family. What about you, Sells? What are you bringing to the table? Uh, the fact that there's MLB postseason happening at the moment. Like, there's been some phenomenal games that have already happened, and we're only, like, three games into the postseason. Um, the Dodgers beat the Cardinals in a walk-off. And uh, then, yeah, sorry, Brian. It's okay. Uh, no, it's okay. I didn't but then Chris Taylor it. got video bombed by Billie Jean King in the in the stands, given his exit interview for the game, so that was pretty sweet. Uh, Randy Rosarena stole home last night for the Rays over the Red Sox, which was awesome because the Red Sox went down. My Yankees uh, crapped the bed in Fenway because um, yeah. they just – They suck. Yeah, I've, I've gone over this multiple times, but that entire organization needs to be flipped. Brian Cashman needs wait to be – Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're a Yan- – wait a minute, wait a minute. What? You're not a Yankees fan. Yeah, I'm both. I'm no, a Yankees oh, get the hell out of here. You're a both? <laughs> You're yes. a you're a Nationals fan. No, see, here's the you're, problem. You're 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 a bandwagoner. I am not a bandwagoner. <laughs> yes, you are. You can't I was, for two teams. I would hold on. Listen, I was born in New Jersey. My entire family grew up Yankees fans. I grew up a Yankees fan. Grew up in DC. DC did not have a team until 2005. I then we then got season tickets to the Nationals. So I became a Nationals fan when they moved to town. I was not an Expos fan. I was a Nats fan when they moved to town. They're in two different leagues. Therefore, not a conflict. No, that's a big conflict. When when they play, I actually pull for the Nats more than I pull for the Yankees. I know. Exactly. That's why you're handing in your Yankees championships as a fan. Nope. However, I will say Brian Cashman needs to be fired. I'm sorry. That's just the way it goes. He cannot build teams. The first three championships under him do not count. They were they were won on the back of the previous GM's players. He's won one World Series in 20 years. Um, yeah, but there's, there's MLB postseason going on. We got the Giants and the Dodgers playing each other in the postseason for the first time ever. They've never played each other in a postseason series, ever. 
So this is going to be electric because there's 211, 213 wins between the two of them this year. Um, so that's going to be a heck of a season or a, a series. So, yeah, exciting MLB postseason is going on basically every night until, like, November. So I've got a question for you, Cel. So in the next few years, the Yankees win the World Series. Do you take credit for that World Series as a fan? I don't take credit for any World Series. I know, but like, are you? I enjoy the fact that my are you going to be all my team won the World Series with the Yankees won win the World Series in the next few years? I'll enjoy it because I root for the Yankees. I follow them. I watch their games. That's unbelievable, Sells. You're a Nationals fan, okay? <laughs> That's what you are. You're a Nationals fan right now. You had you turned on your team so you can root for the Nationals, the Curly W. Turn on my team. You turn on your team. Okay. I still know everybody in the lineup in the Yankees. I still know their farm system. I still watch their games. Hey, Jim Larrys isn't going to save you here, Sells. I'm just going to tell you that much here. Oh, Cells. Ah, man. Now I wish, you know what? I wish I could just roast that and just call it. You know what? I'm just going to, because you know what, Cells? I'll tell you why. Yes, of course, you're allowed to root for two teams if you want to. I'm 34 years old. I've been a diehard New York sports fan my entire life. My yeah. teams have never won a championship. How many people that are diehard sports fans that you meet that, their teams have never won a championship. I don't know uh, what Justin that feels Freeland. like. What? Justin Breland. Okay. Oh, no, wait. He roots for the Raptors. They just won an NBA They title. just won a title. So, doesn't happen for my team cells. So, when I see you cherry-picking off of the greatest team of all time, which I was born in the New York area, and, and my family fine. is and New York fine. fans, and but I've been then, to the but old But then state you root for the Nationals. And now the Nationals, up until like this year, are title town USA and contenders. You get credit for that championship, too. I don't get credit for it. I didn't play the games. I didn't yes, build the roster. you're a devoted fan. That's why. Seriously. I mean, I get to enjoy it. You, uh, mm, you okay, know hold on. Hold on. What's, what's more odd that I have two baseball fandoms because I was born in the New York area and my family is Yankees fans and I grew up in DC and the Nats came there or that Justin Vreeland cherry picks whatever the hell team he wants to root for in every sport. He lives in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. He roots for the Toronto Raptors. He roots for, I think, the Nashville Predators in NHL, the Jacksonville Jaguars in the um in the NFL, and I don't remember who his. When, when did he become oh, a Raptors a Mets fan? And okay. he's a Mets fan for baseball. Okay, well they're losers. So right. when, did, when did he no... become a when did he become a Raptors fan? Just give me like a year. I range. don't know. It's been at least the full time I've been working with him, which is at least four or five or six years. Okay, that's not bad then. That's but I don't bad. know where the fandoms started. I'm just saying, is it? Now, he lives in a state that doesn't have a pro sports team. Right. So you're worse. So you just answered your own question. Oh, my worst. Sir. You're worse <laughs> because you're rooting for the Yankees and the Nationals. And you're yeah, not because the only, I have you're not the only person I know that does that, too. And it makes me sick. It just does here. But you I'm know what? You, look, you only knew this now. I've known this for a while. I've, I, I, I guess I must have forgotten about times. it because the guy's the Nationals cheerleader over the last few years. So I, I must have forgotten about it. By the it. way, I've not been the Nationals cheerleader. I've Yay! been a realistic 
I've been a realistic Nats fan. I told you, if you all had listened to the MLB podcast at the beginning of the year, I told you they were going to suck from the jump this year. I told you that. You and would know you're makes... their biggest fan. <laughs> I'm not the... I follow the team. Right, exactly. You're their biggest fan. You turned on the Yankees. It's okay. I didn't turn on the Yankees. I still watch the Yankees. Unbelievable. I'm I just going to say this. I'm just going to say this. Gear. I have more Yankees gear than I have Nats gear. You, nice, but you've got a hell of a lot of Nats gear. It's a I lot when it's 51-49% right there. So. I don't have that. I have one. It's like a shared Nats backfield, shirt. even split. I have a. Sh- I have one Nats shirt. I've got Four Yankee shirts and two Yankees hats. It's okay, Sells. You know, I'm just jealous, Sells, because my teams have never won. Yeah, me by the way, this will now mark – I saw a tweet last night that this will mark uh, an entire decade since any New York sports team has won a championship. The 2012 Giants were the last New York sports team to win a title. Yeah, you, well, you want to know when my sports teams last won a title? Yeah. I'm sorry. No. 35 years ago, Cells. 35. I was not born. I was in the womb. I want to just experience, because so many of you experience what it's like when your team wins the title. Ryan's a freaking Cardinals fan. I actually... I grew up a Mets fan. My dad was a Mets fan. And then when I got old enough, I was like, Wait, wait, wait. wait, 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 Cardinals fan. And he still lives in New York. Well, uh, my brother started liking. Wait, wait, wait! wait. My my older brother started liking the A's with the Bash Brothers, McGuire and Canseco, and then when he was traded to the Cardinals, that's when we I started liking the Cardinals. So ninety seven ish, I don't remember, but yes, uh, my father is a Mets fan. So in eighty six, when I was nine years old, I actually was rooting for the Mets at that time. Uh, not that I was, you know, watching the the entire game because I was in bed before they were over, but uh, yeah. So wait, so does I, this mean you're now a White Sox fan because Tony Larusa went from the A's to the Cardinals? No, I, I, I've stuck with the Cardinals ever since. And McGuire's been retired a long time. And uh, no, I have. Uh, hey, hey, cells. Yeah. I didn't know all this about Ryan, so I'm sorry. I'm very sorry, cells. I'm not a Niners fan. I'm, not as, I'm now not as to troll his his brother and dad. I'm I'm now not as upset with you, cells. I guess yeah, I don't root for the Mets still. I I don't I don't like the Mets now. So right, it's not the same. Right, I yeah. You you got your but title. He also picked. I'm just saying he picked the Niners to troll his his brother and dad too. By the way, wow. he's, he's got no actual tie. It just started as a trolling job before people knew what trolling was. I'll say this. Hallam was all over it that Jimmy G was going to be the starter and that Trey Lance wasn't ready. And now when it had to happen where Trey Lance had to come in, now all of a sudden you were reading reports that everyone was shocked and not ready for Lance to start. That's why you follow Ryan Hallam on Twitter at Fighting Chance. That's why you follow multi-sports team cells here on Twitter at <laughs> these cells, man. I'm at Fancy Sports, NBA season, TikTok, here we go. You're running out of time before... Next Tuesday, not this upcoming Tuesday, the following Tuesday, it all begins. A lot of fantasy basketball drafts coming up here. Get our cheat sheet, fantasyalarm.com slash NBA cheat, under $20. And everything knows, and sales can confirm it, that everything has been updated. And it will be, again, soon enough as we continue through camps. For Matt Sells, for Ryan Hallam, I'm Justin Fensterman. Another wacky fun time with our family on Family Times on fantasyalarm.com.